Welcome everyone. We're about to begin joint share number seven. This is the share number seven addressing both the men and women. Uh, we're going to um, talk about the subject we were talking about in the past two shiurim, Be'ez Hashem, in the upcoming shiurim. Now we're going to talk about a different topic. Uh, frankly, it's a topic that um, is uncomfortable to talk about and um, it's not easy uh, to give such a share because um, I'm simply not comfortable talking about it. But it's important and that's why I'm addressing it here. I'm talking about here about understanding and the importance in a marriage for a spouse to understand the risk of initiating sex, that the one who is initiating most of the time or sometimes all the time, that the recipient, the one who is receiving that initiation, needs to understand what's going on and how to react. And this is a subject that couples don't really talk about. And um, a lot of couples don't really fully comprehend and understand the risk that it takes to initiate the sexual physical intimacy and the hurt that's involved and the burden that exists. And very often there's a assumption, sometimes it's fear, sometimes it's not fear, that if you have a couple where one has a very high sex drive and the other one has a very low sex drive and the one that has a high sex drive is always initiating there's a assumption that it's always because they just have that physical need that they just need to a release for and in many many marriages almost all very good marriages with good people uh that is really not what's really really going on and it's hard to explain that the one who has the higher drive and does initiate a lot and expresses interest in that physical intimacy, it is very, very difficult for most of them to do so, whether you're the husband or the, the wife, your wife. And no one truly understands the depth of the hurt of the one who initiates it and is rejected often or almost all the time and like I said, it's it's much deeper than just simply having a higher sex drive than, than the other spouse that has a lower sex drive. It's not just a physical aspect here that's going on. It's a very, very emotional aspect. And sometimes couples don't really understand themselves why they get so angry and resentful. Um when they're the recipient of that initiation or the one that initiates. And they don't understand why this tension is taking place and what's really going on. But one needs to realize that um, that when one is always the initiator, so for example, it's it's late, you're in bed, and whether it's your husband or your wife reaches out for you, you know, then what do you do? So very often, unfortunately, as time goes by, either you roll your eyes, sometimes you actually shame them, or you play dead, or you call them a sex maniac in one way or another, 
that all that's all that's on your head. You're an animal, or you have one track minded, and um, you get mad at them, not understanding. Don't you understand? I, I'm tired. I had a hard day, and you just roll over, whatever it is. And what's very important, if this is happening in very open ways or in subtle ways, that it's necessary to change that pattern and to start responding very differently than you were responding till now. Now what happens is, is in the beginning of marriages or in the early part of marriages, when the relationship is very good and they're normally warm to each other and they love each other and they're communicating very well, despite the sometimes difference in their sex drives. But nevertheless, in those early stages when the feelings are good with one another, when um, then when there's a rejection out of tiredness or had a bad day, it's usually okay. They get past it. They get through it. A little disappointment, but then... You know, you move on from it, and it doesn't really hurt you deeply. It doesn't touch you to the core. The initiator doesn't feel extremely rejected. The one who is rejecting doesn't feel, um, you know, resentment generally. That's early on. But what happens is, is that when you are living together for a very long time, that subtly changes especially if one of them is always doing the initiating, um, what happens is is that when they constantly initiate and more often than not they get rejected, they start feeling less of themselves. Uh, they feel less desired. They feel that their wife or husband, whichever way it would be, they don't really love me. And um, it's, it's, it's very painful. It's very sad. And then there becomes a pattern, a long pattern of constant rejection and constant feelings of that could lead to self-loathing, low self-esteem, that they don't feel that they're desired, a deep rejection, and not making any excuses that sometimes turns people towards flirting or, or, or trying to get the attention of other men and women um, or other unhealthy outlets, and it's not, that doesn't make it excusable, but uh, very often that's the cause. People seem to think on a one-track superficial way that it's only the sex drive talking, meaning they need that outlet physically, and they're getting frustrated that they're not getting it home, so they run run elsewhere. That may be true sometimes, but it's a lot deeper than that, and very often that's that's maybe the external aspects of what's happening, but it's much, much deeper than that. It's more the feeling of um, I want to connect and I want to be emotionally connected, not just physically connected. And this is my way of doing it. And I'm constantly being, I'm trying and it's I'm just tired of it all. And I'm just tired, so I'll just shut it down. I, I can't take it anymore. And that's what sometimes happens and uh, so, like I said, people may assume that it's just, you know, the frustration and not feeling a physical sexual need. But in reality, there's a lot deeper aspects going on. Um, because, and, and what they do is, is they try to escape that terrible feeling that's inside themselves of feeling rejected or unwanted or ridiculed. So they 
unfortunately choose a different path of drifting away and going in another direction, which um, which is a sad thing. So what one needs to do as an example here um, to change that pattern, you know, for example, you'll, someone's, one of them is lying in bed, the other one reaches out. So instead of the old pattern of rolling eyes or getting mad or shaming or playing dead, um, instead you get up, put on the light or whatever it is, you embrace them and you tell them, I love you very much. And this is what's going on. And you have to be honest. I'm tired. I'm very tired. I had a rough couple of days. Or I had a bad day. I had a stressful day. Or physically, I'm just not feeling up to it these days. I'm not sure why or what or when. Or hormonally, maybe something's off. Whichever way it is. And you talk about it. And you talk about it. Whatever the situation is, it's important. to. It's not comfortable. But it's important to own up to it. It's important to explain to the other one what is going on and to have an understanding with one another of what's going on and then to work through it together. Sometimes the solution is more rest somehow. The exhaustion is causing a lot of this, that even a lower drive, a lower sex drive person is willing to initiate and once they get into it, they enjoy themselves, but they're exhausted all the time, so they have to find ways to get that adequate rest. Sometimes it's, you know, we feel disconnected. I'm feeling disconnected from you because you've been so busy or I'm, I've been so busy or whatever the case may be without blaming, but maybe we need to date again, spend more time together, you know, outside the bedroom intimacy other intimacies, we had other shiurim, about six different forms of intimacy, sexual only being one of them. And maybe part of the solution is, is you need to work on those other uh, five aspects of intimacy. Blineder, if I recall, if anyone hears this, I'll try to find where that share is and place it here so you know what all of them are. And maybe that will help. Sometimes it could be a physical, hormonal type of issue whether male or female, whichever one it has that lower drive that really just doesn't feel like in getting involved in the sexual activity whatsoever. And, and that's why the one initiating is getting frustrated, but it could be a physical or hormonal issue. Then whether it's male or female, for a female, the OBGYN doctors or vitamin tests and hormonal issues to go there for a man could be a urologist together with someone involved in the sexual function. If it's the man that's having these issues of those lower sexual drive and so on, and to own up to it. If it's exhaustion, it's exhaustion. If it's even if it's something that really, you know, that they feel disconnected. And let's say there is actually some anger and resentment that's causing this disconnect in the bedroom then the couples need to address that too. And if they can't address that, that, you know, between themselves alone, then they need to address it in therapy. And they need to be honest with each other. We both need help in this. So not to shame anymore, not to blame anymore, not to roll your eyes anymore, not to slam the door in their face anymore, not to play dead um, when they try to reach out to you. But instead to face it head on and to address it with one another and say, okay, you know, this is the matzav now. 
and let's see what we could do to get it to become better. If we could figure it out on our own, then we'll figure it out on our own. And if we need outside help in order to do this, then we will get the outside help to do this. We spoke about this in many, many of the past shiurim, and I read Svarim on this, and I've spoken to people about this, and it is clear, it is clear that while the sex aspect, people look at it as a totally animalistic thing, because it comes from the body, a lot of that sex drive, that's true. But in the married life, it is not superficial. It is not selfish. Now, it could become inherently selfish. But in a marriage, it's inherently not selfish. Inherently, it is a gift. It is a gift of connection. It is a gift of connection of love that HaKadosh Baruch Hu placed there for that purpose. People have this notion, and in this society that we live in right now, it's understandable why people feel this way. That they say, because the world is so full of, I guess the Yiddish word is schmutz, or filth, with Hollywood, with the over-sexualization of everything, in a disgusting, disgusting way. Therefore, some have it in their heads as being in the Jewish culture because the whole world is so into this and misuses it in such a garbage way. That means that this whole concept of sexual desire between a man and a woman is disgusting inherently. And that is understandable because you want to sort of fly away on the opposite end from what the culture these days is telling you. But that is the wrong and very dangerous and very harmful approach, especially between a married married couple. You cannot expect a man to be totally monogamous if he doesn't have a normal, healthy sexual relationship with his wife. And you can't expect a wife to be sexually satisfied if she doesn't have that from her husband. Two-way street, whichever one is high or lower, makes no difference. The concept is the same both ways. Yes, stereotypically, the men are more into it physically than the women are. Stereotypically, it's not always the case. And that's just the fact. So what I'm trying to say here, though, what's very important is, is that there has to be a shift in the view. The reason why in the whole world it's garbage is because they misuse it, not because it's inherently bad. In a marriage, it's good. It's a connection. It's a connection of love, and it is necessary, and it is important, and it is healing, and it is good. So one needs to understand that in a marriage, if whatever the reason is, sometimes it's the person with the higher drive, but very often they have similar drives, but one of them, whichever one, some, most of the time you would say it's the husband, but sometimes it could very well be the wife, the other one is much more passive by nature, and one is more assertive by nature. So the one that's a little more assertive will be the one that's initiating the sexual connection most of the time, or almost all the time. And the one who is receiving this, 
needs to understand that the one who is initiating all the time, they're putting themselves in a very, very vulnerable and sensitive position. It makes them feel they, they're putting themselves out there to be hurt very deeply. And again, it's a misconception to think that it's just a physical need. It's an emotional need. It's a warmth connection human net level, level need. It's very different sexuality in humans than it is by animals. Totally different thing. It's not just purely physical. As science shows and as we will talk about in the future. So the key behind this lesson here is not to reject and not to reject the person on the emotional level. And you need to tell each other what's going on and you need to face it together. And if the sexual aspects in a marriage is not ideal as where it should be, then it needs to be addressed and communicated. Very, very often a couple could figure it out on their own. And to daven for that too, and figure it out on their own, and very often they will, and they can. But they need to change that reaction. Um, because it's it's a very difficult thing. There's a reason n- neither one ne- can blame each other. It's impossible that a couple can have the same exact sex drive. It just, just doesn't exist. It's two different people. There'll always be a disparity, and that's why in every marriage, no matter what marriage it is, even if the sex drives are very similar to one another in levels of interest, but nevertheless, it'll always fluctuate, one in the mood, one not in the mood, and so on and so forth. So there'll always have to be that communication. It's just that when that range is very high, when one's very high, one's very low, and there's a big gap, then there's an achrayas and a marriage to work together to narrow that gap, at least behaviorally, to narrow that gap so there's a point where the sexual aspect of marriage is consistent and ongoing, not overburdening burdening the one that may have a lower sex drive, but not depriving the person that has the higher sex drive and to work it out together with one another. And for, again, the one that initiates to do it with the sensitivity, but the one who is receiving that initiation to also do it with the sensitivity and again, like we started in the beginning of this um, shear here, is that couples don't truly understand that risk. It is very, very scary for the person who is initiating all the time. And that's why it happens. You would think that if a person has such a high sex drive, they'll keep on doing it, keep on initiating. But there'll be a point in time Will they get, they'll get so um, hurt by the constant rejection that they'll just simply shut down completely and no one wants that to happen either. So there really needs to be an understanding with one another on this and a communication. And if they need outside help, then they need outside help with this. That's perfectly fine. Until they get to a point where there's a happy medium between the two. And again, um, there's many, many aspects to marriage. We're zooming in on this, but obviously there's so many others. And like we said, um, and I have to look for it, had a share on six different types of intimacies. All of them have to be practiced. Just like all love languages have to be practiced when we talked about the share about love languages. 
And just like all the needs need to be met, which we talked about, we had Shiorim on describing all the needs. And the same thing over here. This aspect, outside bedroom, inside bedroom, all of it, it's one, it's one marriage and it's one thing. It's just, sometimes it's a different form of Avaidus Hashem, but it's all the same. You're the same Yid on Yom Kippur or on Shabbos during the week. Yes, you conduct yourself somewhat differently. Purim, you conduct yourself differently. You compare what Shu looks like, Simchas Taira, to what, what Shu likes, Tishabav. It's like night and day, but it's the same Yid. You're serving the same God. And in marriage, you have to look at it that way too. Sometimes there's a need to period. Sometimes there's a Torah period. Sometimes there's times where you feel wonderful with the, uh, with each other and you're really connecting. Sometimes it's not natural anymore and it takes hard work. And there's a dry spell that has to be worked on. The same thing, that that's just the way life is. And we have to keep on working on all aspects of it. And um, may Hashem help that all of us um, should... And also, by the way, I'm going to end off over here also, is something to daven for too. People think that you can't daven about these things. But if there's issues going on in these particular matters too, aside from, of course, just like when it comes to work, right? You have to daven for Hashem for Parnosa. But at the same time, of course, you have to do your normal Hishtadlis. You need to do both. So same thing over here with everything we discussed here, the Hishtadlis requirement, which is most of the Shia, what we talked about, what one needs to do, they could daven for it too. You ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu together, separately, and you say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when you're asking Hashem to help you with Shalom Bayis, then you could zoom in and ask for particular things in Shalom Bayis. Please, Hashem, help me have more panasas so that we should be less tense in the house. It'll be easier to be, you know, Altavian and Nisayan, that should be easier. Or if, help us afford a larger apartment um, so that we can have more room for the kids and it'll be less tense. Or or help us have more menuchas anefesh. And help us in the bedroom area too. Ask HaKadosh Baruch for that help. If we really, truly believe that when the uh, the Isha and Isha, when there's Shalom with each other, the Shechina is there. The Shechina is there in the kitchen. The Shechina is there even in the bathroom. We'll get into that a different time. That's a big uh, concept, philosophical concept, but the Hashem is there. Hashem is everywhere. And Hashem is in the bedroom. Hashem is in the bedroom when it's the off period, the on period, and you doubt nothing is off the table. And you daven to Hashem to ask for siyata d'shmaya if there's things that need to be worked on in these issues too. You ask Hakadosh Baruch for help, and then you do whatever shtablis that is required. And may Hakadosh Baruch help that we should all be um, zaycha to have that ruach, that spirit of love and respect and consideration for one another, and to work out all our differences. Respecting our differences, understanding our borders, and respecting it, but at the same time being willing to give to one another and compromise and work together to make each other feel loved and comfortable and safe and respected, and um, not to feel unsafe when they're being vulnerable. Hatzlacha and bracha.